Dumelangam Zanzi and welcome back to Sisters Without Shame, a No Holds Barred podcast that is proudly brought to you by Healthform Zanzi. I'm your host, Nolu Tandon Ngakani, and I'm here to hold your hand as you seek the answers to those medical shames and woes you dare not speak of in public. No bump or lump is too embarrassing here. Baby, you are in a safe space. It's a ladies' special edition this week with Radio News editor Marentia van der Vint, who unpacks her journey living with endometriosis. March is Endometriosis Awareness Month. Endometriosis is an inflammatory condition where endometrial tissue grows outside of the uterus. Van der Vint joins us to detail her experience living with the condition. What is endometriosis? And also, can you take us back to those moments where you were first diagnosed? So what endometriosis is, is when you have cells that grows in your pelvic area and they are supposed to grow in your uterus of a normal woman, they grow in your uterus. But for some or other reason in the women that have endometriosis, these cells grow outside of the uterus. Where with a normal woman, when she has a menstrual period, these cells leave the body during the menstrual period. With endometriosis, they go nowhere and they just stay on the inside and they create havoc. What they also can do is they can also form these things that they call lesions. And these lesions are basically things that can literally just on the inside of the pelvic area, they just attach to anything, either the wall of the pelvic area, they can attach on organs. In my case, bring two organs together because I was diagnosed with the advanced stage of endometriosis. So it was way too long before I was diagnosed, which means that these cells or the endometrium, whatever you call them, they brought basically my uterus and my intestines together and they are physically attached, which means basically if I ever wanted to do something about it, I would have to separate it. That in itself is very, very tricky. So that is what it basically is. In a normal woman, she has a period and the blood leaves the body and the cells that goes whatever is the woman's body. But with the woman with endometriosis, it doesn't. We do have a normal monthly period, but our period is not like a normal woman's period. So for me, that is basically one of the signs that you also have endometriosis is the kind of period that you have. It's not like a normal woman's period. It's kind of gross for us not to go into much into menstrual flow, but it's the menstrual. A healthy woman would have red blood that comes out of the body and then an endometriosis woman will have purple and brown blood. So I knew at the age of 15 that something was wrong with me one day when I was alone at home and I had menstrual cramps and I literally couldn't walk. I was about 15, I think, and I was alone and I needed help. So I phoned my grandparents and I said, listen, I think I'm dying because I can't walk and something is very wrong with my body. So they said they'll come pick me up until my parents and my sister come home. They might have been at school or at work. And then grandparents came to pick me up. But for me to get from the bedroom where I was at to the front door, I couldn't walk. So I literally had to crawl with tears running down my eyes. In my mom's house, it's about a distance of about 10 meters. 
it was an excruciating crawl to get to the front door, then to open for my grandparents, and then they took me away to their house. But there was nothing they could do. In the end, I just had to suffer through the pain until my family arrived to bring me back home. But that's when I knew something was wrong. And then in the preceding years, medical doctors told me that they suspect I have endometriosis and they would refer me to a gynecologist. So this happened about four or five, maybe even six times in my lifetime up until I was diagnosed. And every time I had gone to a doctor on the recommendation of a doctor, the gynecologist was always the one to tell me, but what does your doctor know? I'm the expert and I'm telling you now, you don't have endometriosis. And so my life just went on and I had these periods that were with abnormal, excruciating pain. And then the society told us, ladies around us told us, no, no, that's normal. Don't be making like your pain is worse than ours. That's what cramps are about. That's what menstrual pain is about. So there's nothing special about you. But deep down, I knew something was not right. That This couldn't be normal because why would we have such pains that you can't even function? And then people just tell you, no, no, it's normal. It's not. So I was 15. And over the years, all the doctors said I had it. The gynees said, no, you don't have it. So I was never put on any treatment because according to the gynees, and they were different ones, I didn't have it. So when I was 39, I had been doing some training at a fitness club. And as I was training, the pain in my pelvic area started to get worse, not with my periods, just in general. At some stage towards the end of my contract, I knew something was very wrong because I would go train for only one hour a week and I would be in tears throughout the whole session because of this pain in my pelvic area. So I went to the doctors again. I saw three gynecologists in three months. Pain was so bad that my colleagues at my previous job, they would help me to go and see their gynecologist. All three of them said, no, no, you don't have endo. We've done all the tests on you possible. You don't have the condition. So that's not what's causing your pain. At the same time, they also found out that I had fibroids. So the last doctor that I went to go see, she was a woman that had just come back to South Africa from the UK. And she was kind of young where the others were older gentlemen. And then she said, you know what? I don't think it's your fibroid causing your pain. I can't find anything wrong with you. But if you want, I can schedule a mini operation and I can remove the fibroids. We'll see if the fibroids is actually what is causing you pain. We then scheduled the mini operation. I had to stay in the hospital for one night only. The next day when she came to me at the hospital bed, I remember I was 39 years old. And then she said, you know what, Marincha, we started with a mini operation and I was going to go and remove your fibroids. But as soon as we put the camera in through your navel, we saw that your uterus was attached to your large intestines. And I knew for a fact that you had endometriosis and that you also have the aggressive one and the one that's the most advanced because it's been around there for so long and no one has stopped the growth of it. Finally, I, at 39 years of age, I had a name for the condition because before people would tell me, no, no, you're not really ill. You don't really have cramps. You're okay. And there was nothing that I could tell them that it has a name. So she said, it has a name. It's called endometriosis. Here is a leaflet, and you can read about it on the leaflet what it is. 
we'll see about treatment as there are not a lot of treatment available for women with endometriosis. That's how I got diagnosed after 24 years. Eventually, you found some relief. Eventually. The relief was only in knowing what it was. The pain was still going to be around. Even actually after the hospital operation, my pains escalated to levels I've never experienced before. I was actually in recovery at home the night that my Diba died. And I remember that I reached a point of while my Diba had just died and all the media was outside his house and it was two o'clock in the morning and and the TV was playing in the background and, you know, all the journalists and the world's attention was on my Diba's death. And yeah, I was recovering from the mini operation and I was in so much pain that I actually just broke down and I said, you know, God, if I have to live with this pain for the rest of my life for one week a month, I don't know how I am going to get through my life. Even if it's this one week is so bad. It, it, it's only for me, it's up to between five to seven days. But it's five to seven days of your life that you are in excruciating pain. And in a sense, you must pretend to the world on the outside that you're okay. Because on the outside, you look fine. But in your pelvic area where these lesions are. And the other thing is I also have adenomyosis. The doctor had explained to me is when you have endometriosis, they could still try to remove some of these lesions from your body to kind of give you relief. But when you have adenomyosis, the lesions have been inside your body for too long and they've become a part of the body. So you can't try and separate it from the body. So I also have adenomyosis. So they said, you know, we can try and cut you open and we can try and separate your uterus from your large intestines because it was the last bit of the large intestine. We could try and separate that, but if we open it and we see you've got adenomyosis on that where the two organs are attached, we just close you up again. There's nothing we can do because the body has become too a part of it. So that night, the pain broke me. I've never in my life reached a level or a dark, dark, dark place where the pain just kind of robbed me of everything, of how I would look into the future and how I don't even know how I'm going to survive it. Because even just one week, it was one week of utter hell. You know, after your journey of so much pain, what treatments were you then made aware of? So at the time, they had available a, a pill that you could use, but the pill cannot remove the endometriosis. All the pill can really do is, is keep the lesions the same size that it is. So it would seem that these lesions over time, they grew and became bigger. And that's when it started to create havoc and started to bring these two organs together by me and, and they grew attached. So the one treatment they had was this pill called Vizan. It also goes by the name of Dinogest. And all that Vizan does is, is it just keeps the lesions the same size and it prohibits growth. So where I was diagnosed with aggressive or advanced endometriosis, if you are diagnosed and you just got endometriosis, that pill will keep your endometriosis just there. You'll never go to advanced or bigger or more. Yours will stay the same. I'm in a WhatsApp group with women with endometriosis and I don't know them, but lots of women have had different reactions to the Vizan pill. I was the only one that had a good reaction after a while, but eventually the pain came back. The pain never goes away. It was a little bit less with the pill, but 
in the end, it just all came back again. The other treatments that the doctor told me about sounded very radical to me. And in some of it, there was some medication they could give you where they'll give you male hormones or something, and then you might grow a beard. And I was like, I'm not even going to look at that option. Why did you even bring it to me or come up with the idea? Ain't going to happen. But so there isn't a cure for endometriosis. At best, what you can do is just try and manage it. And then also, you know, what then did the diagnosis mean for your lifestyle going forward? After I was 39 years old and I got diagnosed and I was relieved and happy to have a name for the condition. And at the same time, I knew that my pain was still going to continue. So it's still going to be five to seven days of utter hell once a month, every year, every month. And I'll just have to go through that, but I would have to manage my pain better. At some stage, I did do an experiment where I changed my eating plan. I ate no wheat, I ate no gluten, I ate no dairy, I ate no refined sugars or even other sweeteners. My other foods, I had no preservatives, no colorants, no flavorants, no MSG, no sauces, no drinks. I only had water and only had salt and pepper for spices and herbs. And then the only things I could eat were fruits and vegetables. If I could, organic. If not organic, then to wash the pesticides off the fruit by letting it soak in a mixture for like 30 minutes before I can eat it. And then the meats that I could eat, chickens or the fish, I had to make sure that they were free range and free of hormones. So I did that for nine months as an experiment. And what I encountered was, is that my pain levels dropped. It literally dropped from excruciating where I can't function. And the levels came down to like almost zero or for one, where you can live with the pain. I can be outside in in the community and you can feel the pain, but you can go on with your life. But the symptoms remained the same. The pain came down. But the symptoms remain the same. So my belly will bloat up. My stomach will become hard on the outside. And it will stay this big, almost like a pregnant belly for like five to seven days. And only after my period leaves again will it start to return to a normal type of belly. The eating plan was really very difficult. I could never eat food from anyone's house. I always traveled with my own food. And you can imagine if you do that for nine months, how restrictive it is. Because now people invite you out, then you say, I can't go. Because I can't eat that restaurant's food. No, I can't go to your house for a birthday party because I can't eat anything that you serve me. I can only eat from my own hands that I prepare according to all this list of no things that I can't eat. So after that, I relaxed my eating program a little bit. I still don't do wheat and I still don't do gluten. I still don't do dairy and I still don't do refined sugar. But it's very difficult to cut out the other stuff. So I brought a little bit of the other stuff back in and then gradually the pain started to come back. And after a few years, the pains were just back full on again. What are some of the most common misconceptions that people have about endometriosis? I went public when I was diagnosed because I used to write posts on my Facebook and Twitter and I didn't know what was wrong. But for me to explain or describe what was wrong with me, I always referred to the endo that I didn't know was endo. And I called it the crampy monster because it was like a monster. 
it had to do with my cramps and I kind of made it almost kind of funny. And then I would write posts about the crampy monster is here again. And I've tried that on Facebook. And for years, I looked at the crampy monster and I didn't know what it was. But in my mind, it was this monster, this pain. When I went public with having endometriosis, after being diagnosed, so many women messaged me, but none of them messaged me on my public platform. They all messaged me secretly. And I was like, what is wrong with you? that you can't go onto a public platform to say that you have endometriosis like me and then you message me in my inbox or you send me a WhatsApp, send me a SMS to say, we go through the same thing. We also have the same condition. And that was the first idea that I got from endo, but women don't talk about it. Even husbands contacted me and then they said, listen, my wife, she has endo and I support her when she has it. I clean the house, I cook. She can't do anything, but none of them wanted to go public as I was saying this evil crampy monster now has an official name. So I think this is not a misconception really, but it's really the way that women treat it. When I asked them, why didn't you go public with it? They would say, but it's got to do with female problems. It's got to do with a menstrual period. And we can't go onto Facebook, Marincha, and talk about our menstrual periods I am a mother, I have children, so we don't do that. One in 10 women have endometriosis. So in my office, if there's 30 people working in my office with me, then three of them have endometriosis. And I've actually found in my office where I work with 30 people that there are two other women that's got endometriosis. Also not vocal about it at all. I'm the only one but at least there are some of them out there in my office and according to what they say, one in 10. So if you walk around in a mall, you can just imagine how many women walk around with endo and they don't say anything. But one of the misconceptions is that our cramps are normal. Our cramps are like any other person has menstrual cramps. That is not the case. Not when you want to cry, not when the pain terrorizes you in your head. Because we cannot take a pill. We cannot take a pill for any cramps. None of the pills work for us. That makes us different from a normal person that has a menstrual cramp and can go to the pharmacist or a doctor and get a pill. That pill will not work on us. We can take handfuls of the pills. It doesn't work on us. We've tried them all. They do not work. The highest level of pain medication you can get is the Schedule 6 medication. They are called the trauma pills. So they start with the word trauma, trauma hexyl. There's a whole range of them. We've gone through all of them. Schedule 7 is like drugs, heroin. So Schedule 6 pain pills do nothing for us. So in essence, the misconception is that it's your pain is just a little bit more than mine. No, it's not. Our pain is on a different level where there is no pill or tablet or concoction that we can take to take it away, which means an endo woman suffers. We suffer through these five to seven days. It's different for, for lots of women. Some have it for two days, some have it for three, but we literally suffer through it. So one of the coping mechanisms that I have is I suffer through it one hour at a time. So I don't think about five to seven days. I cannot think about five to seven days. I must think about it. Just get through the next hour from two. Just hang in there and just try as much as you can to get 
going with your life and continue things, but just one to two. Once you reach two o'clock, let's fight again for two to three. You know, as a survivor, what advice do you have for women who are experiencing a similar health issue? We don't call ourselves endo survivors, and this is not what I got. I got it from the overseas women, but we call ourselves endo warriors. But like, it was like I explained to you, the pain never stops. It comes once a month, and then we just have to be a warrior, and we just have to push through for five to seven days or three days if some women have it for that. And then we call ourselves endo warriors. But yes, we are survivors. But what advice I would give people are, you know, I have found that if I start walking twice a week, at least twice a week, I walk five kilometers and then I notice that my pain is not as severe. It's still bad, but it's not as bad where I get into bed and I stay in bed for two days. Sometimes I force myself to go walking when I have the cramps. And then there are times when you have the cramps and you just can't force yourself even to go walking. Do some exercise by walking at least twice a week, five kilometers. If you can, do something like yoga because any kind of stress aggravates the endometriosis. So if you can, calm your mind down, cut off from the world for an hour or two. Meditation, I believe, has also helped me now to better manage it because it also takes me away from the world for a half an hour or even 10 minutes or five minutes meditation. And it just calms my spirit down. And when it calms my soul and my spirit, it would seem that my body doesn't feel too much stress, which means that when the pains come, the body is not in stress on top of the pain. So it would seem that the pain is not as bad doing that. I also try to keep active by going for classes like jazz dancing or Indian dancing classes. And two practitioners have also advocated that I tried belly dancing because that's where the problems in the pelvic area is. And they said, but strengthen those muscles to see if that's not going to help you. Mostly eat fruits and vegetables, but mostly the vegetables and especially the dark green vegetables and just wash your fruit. I don't use normal underarm. I don't use normal hair products. All the products that I use on my body, they don't have some of the chemicals in it that you would see in a store. So all my products I buy at the health store. So there are things that they can do to manage the severity of the pain because I have shown that if you manage it well, then the pain won't be as bad. It'll still be around, but it won't be excruciating. So the times that I've excruciating and I had the heavy attacks, I don't know what went wrong, but maybe that was just the body's response or maybe I had high stress. But on other times when I keep on doing the other things and I walk a little bit more and I try my dancing classes, then the pain is less severe and I'm able to better cope. Thank you for joining this week's episode of Sisters Without Shame, Marincia. For more on Marincia's journey with endometriosis, check out healthformzanzi.co.za. Now remember, if you are in a medical jam, you can send an email to hello at healthformzanzi.co.za. You can even send us a WhatsApp to 76 that's 76 I would never blue tick you, baby. Ladies, let's talk, man. Be open and honest. Like Marincia said, you don't need to suffer through this evil, crampy monster alone. 
I always believe that if we shared our experiences, there would be so much value you would be adding to another woman's life. Living with endometriosis can be difficult. I mean, first, the condition is often difficult for doctors to diagnose and treat. And secondly, symptoms like pain, digestive problems, and infertility can significantly impact your quality of life. That brings us to the end of episode 31 of Sisters Without Shame, proudly brought to you by Health Form Zanzi. From me, Lulu Ngakani, have a great week and remember to show your girl some love by sharing this podcast with a friend.